Hi there. Thank you for being here with me on another episode of You Did It, the podcast. And thank you for tuning in again. If this podcast is something that you enjoy, it would be greatly appreciated if you could download it, rate it, review it, and share it with your community so we can keep the pod alive and keep bringing you amazing guests. Like a guest for this episode, we have an amazing woman today. Her name is Dr. Cindy Huffington. She is a mom of three, and she is one of the brains behind Curious Neuron, which is also how you can find her online and on Instagram. She's a neuroscientist. Her focus is to help empower parents with digestible and applicable advice from the latest research presented through the blog, podcast, and social media account, and to help everyone be an emotionally regulated human being. So sit back, relax, have a drink if you need one, and let's tap into our emotions. You did it! Welcome. Welcome to You Did It, the podcast. How do you like to be? Um, I have to honor the doctor in you, so I can't really be like not calling you doctor. But are you like Dr. Cindy? Are you Dr. I, Huffington? I don't know, like, I, what's your vibe? <laughs> I usually say, Cindy, you can do whatever you want. But I always say, I know you want to honor the first time. But please call me Cindy. I, I just love it. You know, when I was doing my oh, PhD, God. there were like some postdocs, usually males, <laughs> ironically enough. But they would be like, yeah. call me doctor. And we're like colleagues, you know, and it's like, OK, doctor. Doctor, whatever, like your name is like Thomas. That's cute. <laughs> Dr. T. Yeah. yeah, you're like, how about you just go by Thomas? Yeah. Well, I I mean, out of respect for all of your amazing years of work and hard work, I, the doctor has Thank to you. stick with me. So we can go with maybe like a little Dr. Cindy Vest. We'll do that. But um, <laughs> welcome. I'm so grateful. I'm uh, Thank you for your time and like the back and forth with scheduling. I know it's crazy and I love to honor not just like the people coming on, but their time. This shouldn't be stressful. Should just oh, be no, I love free these. flow. Right. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, I mean, you know what? I, I don't really have you're you're so lovely to ask if I have like an array of like subject matter to discuss, but it's it's gonna be a lot. Like I creeped your page hard. I've listened <laughs> to your podcast here and there. You've had some really great guests on your show as well. And um Guys, for everyone listening, this is Dr. Cindy Huffington. She is a neuroscientist, okay? <laughs> she has three kids. Um, she specializes in emotions, if that's right. correct. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, maybe let's just start there. Like, w- let's talk about you. Sure. Your specialty. <laughs> like, you, you're you like an awesome science nerd yes. in the best way. Yes. <laughs> Where and how did this happen? And then transcending into emotions and parenting we'll get there. sure that makes <laughs> yeah. sense what's yeah. the journey <laughs> I, I you know I always I always wish I had a better story of like how I became a neuroscientist but it just happened <laughs> it wasn't like when I was that's young awesome. I would look at brains because <laughs> that's yeah. weird but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, the, the one thing that was uh, prominent from my childhood was that I was very curious I was just curious about everything around me hence the company I created called curious neuron um because yes. I do think that- and that's where you can find her guys yes. on Instagram at curious neuron. Uh, underscore neuron, yes. Um, and curious underscore to me, neuron. it was okay. just because cur- curiosity is truly the root of everything that we learn and and that who we are. We're just, you know, it's it's so important. So what happened with me is um, I got my PhD in neuroscience and I was studying schizophrenia or mental health and emotions specifically. Like how are wow. emotions impacted by mental health? And most of the clients that we were seeing were very young, were teenagers. And that led oh. me to, that's why I had to kind of understand like how do we develop? of these emotions? How are they stunted? Or, you know, there's blunted affect that happens with mental health. And and so 
all that led to me really understanding emotions and how they developed in, in young adults. When right. fast forward me doing a, a postdoc and getting, you know, uh, pregnant and having my first child, I was like, you know what? These parents that I know, I was the last one of my friends to have kids. And they were like, oh, tantrums are the worst. I don't know how to deal with these big emotions. And I'm like, I got this. I, I, I have never experienced oh. a tantrum, but I naively said right. like, ha. I could do this. <laughs> and then right, right. I, you know, my child started having big emotions <laughs> and I was like, right. Ooh, yeah, I don't got this. <laughs> what do I How do? How old were they? Um, well, my like, daughter, what age was that? yeah. So my daughter around one and a half started having some big okay. emotions, you know, expressing discontent. And I was like, How, why sure. is that triggering me? Why does that feel so frustrating when you're just showing an emotion? Right. And that's yeah. when it hit me. So I, by that time I gave birth to my second right before she turned two. So I had in total three kids in under four years. Um, and well, okay. Yeah. That's first of all, like, OMG yeah. <laughs> and holy crap. Like, I, okay. Woo. And that's what <laughs> helped me though. That's what helped me. Well, first it didn't help me because that's what helped me realize that I needed to work on myself. I had all these kids, very young kids, all having emotions at the same time. And going into this thinking that I had everything that I needed in my toolbox because I understood the child and I did, but I never yeah. realized the importance of understanding me and how I was responding to their emotions. Interesting. And that's when Curious Neuron switched. Ah, uh, I mean, I just creeped on your post last night that I screenshotted and I have <laughs> to pull it up because that was actually such a beautiful um, thing that you posted about and you... Oh, my God. There's like so many things that I screenshotted here <laughs> that I wanted to talk about. And like a lot of it was you just posted one where you were like, I was on autopilot for so long. Right. I'm a neuroscientist and had three kids under four years. Everything used to feel overwhelming until I became emotionally aware and learned how to pause. Spending time with my kids fills my cup because I simplified life for all of us and I'm present with them details and caption. Guys, you'll find it on her IG. Mm. But that, I was just like, whoa, like, what are you saying here? Thank <laughs> like, you for sharing that. It's, yeah. <laughs> like, it's a lot. That's intense. Yes, yeah. it is. And I think that that's how Curious Neuron kind of grew because I was just sharing the science of like child development. But then when I started opening up about my experience, people connected and said, well, I'm going through the same thing. I'm yelling at my toddler and I don't understand yeah. why. Why am I being triggered by them having big emotions? And that's what happened with me. I had to to kind of pause and step back and say, what's happening with me in the moments when they're having emotions? And the more I understood myself in those moments, the more I was able to sort of support them. I was reacting to their emotions, but I wasn't responding to their emotions. And I couldn't respond until I understood myself. So I had to go back to everything, therapy and understanding the research as well in terms of adults, like the emotional learning aspect and emotion regulation skills. I had to understand that in me. And um, the more I was able to put that work into myself, the more I was able to say, okay, I have needs and those needs don't go away because I have kids. I thought so. Right. I came from the mindset of once I have kids, like I don't matter anymore. And I think many of us fall into that, no. like giving, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I had to realize it's, huh. I'm still important. Actually, I'm even more important now because I have these three children that I have to attend to and, and be there for, you know, I have to be present and 
I can't be present if I'm overwhelmed, if I'm not mentally well. So I learned how to kind of attend to my needs and learn that when you're with kids, because they were all home. <laughs> so not only were they, yeah, they were all yeah. home at the same time. Um, right. And for me, it was about, okay, when I'm feeling a certain way, how do I pause, step back, refill, like fill up my cup and then come back to my kids while still being in their Let's presence. Let's talk about that. Right. Sure. Like, I want to know, like, give us some maybe tips of the trade of what that looks like for an individual, because let's be honest, I'm going to just say it. You have an upper hand here. You've studied this. <laughs> right. You have a PhD. You have medical journals to refer to for guidance and colleagues. The layman, me, mm -hmm. other people listening, don't really, and maybe don't have a resource to go to that is the proper resource to help. Sure maybe navigate that. So yeah. just like if if it's available to you, what would be some tips for people listening that like, okay, your 2.3 year old, aka my kid's age, literally her this That's morning, hard, yeah. is having a tantrum out of nowhere because we have to put our hair up on a ponytail to go to the park. Like, and yes, my husband and I were just like, <laughs> end scene. So what's something that we could do um, in that instant? Like, or any instant. You're at the store. Right. They're lying on the concrete in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to break that moment into in that instant. But first, we're going to break it into what you have to work on before, right? Because that's what parents okay. often ask me. Like, what do I do in that moment when my child is screaming? There's a few things that you can do. But if you haven't done oh. the work before that, then that... You're in screwed. the moment will be much more difficult. <laughs> yes, sort of. But it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, just pour me a margarita. Right. I'm just well, gonna that's let the best this way slide. to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's so true. Like that moment will be much harder. So going back to, I guess, like the original question also of like, what did I do? So first it was about understanding my past. And I know that everybody says that, and we kind of have to. It's not easy sometimes, but, you know, I was raised by a single mom and I, I love her for that. It was not easy, but she kind right. of um, distanced herself and the attachment definitely wasn't there because she was in a very difficult marriage and came from an upbringing right. where she was less important than her brother. And my, you know, my grandparents had a certain way of raising their kids. And that led to a lot of issues on my mom's end that she never dealt with. So I kind of parented her in the sense of, I always had to nurture her emotions and that's called parentification. It's kind of like when you- Parent par defecation? Uh, parentification. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I was like parent no, defecation no, 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 for no. sure. That's what it feels They are yeah. shitting on me so hard right now. That's what it feels like, yeah. <laughs> so, parentification. parentification. But that's so true. I feel like, you know, my mom's probably going to hear this and be like, fuck yeah. you. But I feel like we're dealing with that right yeah. now with my mom. Don't tell her. <laughs> but I, my sister does it more than I do. So I, I okay, that's an interest. So, but also like we're going like way back. We we're have not to. just going back for us. No. We have to go back into like our generational. Yes. From what I'm just hearing on the iceberg yes. here. Like just that's the tip of we it. We have to. Okay. And that's not easy. Okay. But we have to because. Our understanding of emotions is developed in the early years, zero to five-ish, let's say five. Th cool. Those early years, they're going to help your brain understand what, how do I express my emotions? Do I, you know, behave a certain way to get everybody's attention? Do I have right. to hide them? Because when I express emotions, then I get in trouble, right? Like we have to really understand first how we learned to um, regulate our own emotions. And right. that comes into our you know, adulthood now, right? As adults, when we're with our partner 
or a family member and we get upset, like, how do we respond to our emotions? Are we able to regulate them and tell ourselves like, okay, it's not the right time to yell at our, you know, mother or mother-in-law or partner, or do we lose control right away and just like say whatever we want to say and then regret it right away? Like that's part of emotion regulation skills and our emotional intelligence. I have a question about that, though, because I feel like when people hear emotional regulation, there could be confusion within the system of like emotional repression. Ah, And I'm using that word in my own example of things from what I've witnessed and sometimes what I have to do where I have to like compartmentalize that emotion Mm. for a minute. Like you just said, Mm. where I'm like, do I take this angle and scream my face off? (laughs) And then honor it and not apologize. I'm like, fuck you. Or do we go and I'm like... Let's contain it. Have that emotion somehow, right? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it's still important to, and correct me if I'm wrong on this one, like still release that emotion rather than have it like harbor and Mm -hmm. fester Mm -hmm. and then put a fake smile on your face. So that's where I think this like, that's an interesting balance and like a term. Emotional regulation, I feel like maybe needs to be discovered a little bit more as to what that looks like. Yeah, let's paint a better picture of that. So when I say emotion regulation, it's it's a skill. And there are adaptive skills and maladaptive skills. What you expressed was the internalization of an emotion, which is a maladaptive skill because it could become rumination. So if, for example, you Mm. are in an argument with a partner, your partner, and your child is there and you're like, "Mm, not the right time to say what I really want to say right now. So you've regulated that emotion. That's okay. But if you never say what you want to say and you're going to bed and you're ruminating on it and you're struggling to move past the emotion because you're thinking about it every day, every night, and you haven't had the the moment to express it to your partner, that's rumination and that's a maladaptive strategy. So that's where it's important. You you can have moments of internalization, but if it's part of you regulating in that moment and saying, I'm going to get back to this and then I'm going to really lose my shit on you. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you, So when do you find that lose your shit moment? I guess that's the question <laughs> of the hour, you know, yeah. like when? <laughs> well, I don't know. It depends. Like, <laughs> every family. Or does it just like dwindle away and you're at peace? Because I feel like that's an interesting thing with, with couples and just partners and parents where it's like, I grew up in a household that was just fucked. Mm. Like my parents are Eastern Euro. They would like, literally scream at each other every mm-hmm. day like to to the outsider it's like yeah this is messed up and you're like yeah it is and when you're in it you're still a kid but like I I it's funny that you bring all this up because I'm like in my parenting now with my partner he grew up in a very different household mm-hmm. so Quite it's the opposite. funny because was it the opposite complete no. I, I would say complete okay. I don't want to like fully speak for him but yeah I would totally say completely <laughs> opposite right like You know, like none of that should happen probably. And if it did, it was maybe a little bit of the... Who knows? Maybe there was maladaption and right in because what the opposite, or maybe there wasn't. Yeah. I don't know. Even don't therapists know. will say like you're not supposed to never have an argument with your partner, and that's the reason why. Because yeah. that means you're just not yeah. expressing how you feel. <laughs> yeah, right. and you're just a blob. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so sad too. But yeah, yeah. I know. But so yeah, that's exactly. Crazy. If you become aware of like what that looked like for you and how that impacted yeah. the way that you regulate your emotions, or you. Um, your awareness of emotions, then that helps you with your child. And that's why you have to go back. Um, So we spoke about the rumination part. So let me go back to the emotion regulation. So when you experience, for example, anger, you are feeling the emotion. There's an internal part of that, which is I'm feeling this way. And then there's the external part of that. When I feel this way, I act and behave this way, that way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we see in kids. And that's why I always say, 
if we're going to use the word tantrum and terrible twos, then I'm terrible 40s because I also have big emotions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hate that. I was just talking to someone else in, in your field a few days ago about that term. Mm. And I hate it. I hated that label. I still hate yeah, it. Same. I like it just it's it just makes my face do this. Yeah. And I'm like, they're not terrible. No, like they're I not. get like I get how it's like kind of a cute thing, yeah. but it's also like it's annoying yeah. to keep saying that. And I don't want my kid to keep hearing right. terrible, terrible, yeah. terrible. Yeah. It's that's like because you're terrible. Weird you're... reinforcement. Exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? Like it's uh, anyway, that's my perspective. Same, but, same. Okay. I, I just think it's a teach me to kind of thing, you know, like it's, <laughs> you're a terrible 40. But yeah, but it's true <laughs> it. because yeah. it's they're just they're externalizing the emotion and their brain hasn't yeah. developed enough to know what to do with that emotion. When we talk about emotion regulation right. skills, what's happening is, is that when we feel anger, for instance, the amygdala or yeah. the emotions part of the brain is activated, but then it's speaking to yeah. different parts of the brain, the um, hippocampus in terms of memory, like, okay, like when has this happened before and what did I do and how badly yeah. should I respond? And then it's speaking to the frontal part here of the brain where it's like, okay, I am on a scale of one to 10, 10 but my boss is in front of me. Can I flip this table? You know, And your brain will say, mm, yeah. no, don't flip the table. No. That's where the frontal lobe comes in behind your forehead. But that part of the brain develops until our mid-20s. So imagine yeah, a two-year-old. And that kid's going to flip the yeah, table. Yeah, that kid is yeah. going to flip the table because they're and, like, fuck this shit. I need to flip the off. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And then, I'm going to throw this play right? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then us as parents, we're like, you're a terrible child. <laughs> yeah. And we see the externalization oh, of the emotion, but we don't realize there's an internal aspect, which is anger or frustration or disappointment, yeah. which we need to teach them how to regulate. So that's why I say it's teach me twos. <sighs> so where I remember Ooh. where we were. There's just so Ooh. much. <laughs> Well, we're everywhere. Yeah, we're everywhere. I'm the worst conversationalist no, in terms of keeping a straight line. I'm just like, what about this? Yeah, what about that? Yeah. But oh th my God. that's all part of it, right? So if you go back to how you were parent you were parented and how yeah. Yeah. emotions were perceived in your home, then you understand a little bit more when your child is having big emotions and you're uncomfortable with it. It might be because you had to suppress sadness or worry or anger, right? Like yeah. I'm just saying that you, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. whoever's listening. You have to yeah. make the links because when your child's going to have those big emotions, your internal brain is going to respond to it in a certain way. It might feel that it's not safe, right? Like sometimes when a baby is crying, you have a newborn and you're like, that child hasn't done anything to me, but that cry that's been going on for over an hour is making yeah. me feel like really weird and I, I'm getting mad and I don't know why. But if you experience trauma or early adver um, childhood adversity, then that's why your brain is feeling unsafe right now. It's just the matter of hearing a cry, somebody who's in discomfort, that's making you feel like you want to run. So weird. All of that. What yeah. if you're the opposite? <laughs> what if you hear the baby cry and you're like, cool, cool. Yeah. I'm good. I'm yeah. totally regulated. <laughs> then you're good. You're regulated. Your brain is totally calm. The kid's just like sitting there fine. for three hours crying. Yeah. You're like, you're good. I'm just having some wine. Right. No, I'm kidding. That's so extreme. Yeah. No, but um, it, it can happen too. I think it's important yeah. that we mention all of those because I just want parents who are listening to, to kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together, right? Because the more we could understand yeah. ourselves and we see, the thing is, is that we can have all these issues and these struggles with regulating our emotions and we have arguments with our partner. We might lose it or we don't and we ruminate and then we create a distance or we criticize or we stonewall, right? Like all these things that John yeah. Gottman talks Ooh, about. Stonewall. We do that with our partner. But then when it happens with our kids, the consequences are much greater because we're going to see the behavioral changes in them. So that's Ooh. why I think the more we understand 
ourselves and how we communicate emotions, how we don't. You know, there was a study that looked at moms and dads and yeah. moms tended to um, be aware of what they were feeling, but would have trouble <laughs> kind of regulating the emotion in the moment. Whereas dads yeah. struggled with the awareness or knowledge of what they were feeling in that moment. So we ah. each have our own ways of dealing with things. And th that was a mom versus dad thing, but it could be anybody. A mom could also, you know, feel that way. Anybody can yeah, feel yeah, that yeah. way. Um, yeah. But that's why I say it's important because... If let's say you're that dad and you don't recognize what worry looks like in your body, right? Like you don't oh, even notice oh. it when you're with your child and you're bringing them to daycare for the first time. And they're yeah. like, you know, I don't know, uh, maybe they're clenching their jaw or they're like, their body language is showing you that they're feeling nervous. Like the or, kid is doing this. Yeah. The kid yeah, is yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah. You will struggle with being aware of reading that emotion, like of, of that awareness of how they're feeling or that ability or skill to read the emotion off of your child. So that's Cute. why there's just so much. So going back to maybe you sitting at a, you know, at a grocery store and your child's having these big emotions, that's why there's so much work that needs to be done before, because then it'll help you in that moment. If your child is screaming, I don't want to be here. And you're they're like yelling yeah. and you're aware of your emotions and their emotions, you might ask questions like, are the lights too bright here? Or is there too, is there's too much sound? Is my child dysregulated? Did they not sleep very well? And now like they're just losing it 100%. for no reason. It, yeah. it could be. Are there molars coming oh, oh, in? Molars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I, right? Think that, I think that's what our kid is doing right now, to be honest. But that's I guess the question that I have then is like, what would a regulated parent in that situation look like? Right. Like, so what would the approach right, be? Right. So I know we hear the word calm a lot, and I think that calm yeah. <laughs> brings stress. Great word. Right? Yeah. But it's true. And, the, you know, the, a study yeah. came out about positive parenting and how those parents are more stressed <laughs> because they're trying to stay calm. <laughs> so I don't want you to extern. I don't want you to internalize everything. I don't want you to. I do want you to try to stay relatively calm, but not 100% of the time. I, I want people to be human, right? So if you yeah, yeah. are, are you're, if you yourself are dysregulated because you had an argument with a partner that morning and you have something on your mind or you're stressed, you won't be able to mm -hmm. respond to your child in that moment. But just keep that in mind. Respond rather than react. So take that pause. Your Ooh, child starts okay. screaming in, in, at the grocery store. And it's very easy to say like, stop, sh shut up, <laughs> stop screaming. Everybody's yeah, looking at us. Trying to shut them up and like, and keep them yes. tight. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. Got don't it, got react it. to it right away. Take a pause. First, ask yourself in your mind, am I okay? Can I deal with this? And if you can't, just do whatever you need to do. I don't care. Like we will not respond to it the way that we have to every time. If you can yeah. respond to it, then you just say like, uh, you don't have to ask a million questions but to your child, but ask yourself a million questions, right? Like, okay, what do they need from me right now? Validate their emotions. I see that you're frustrated or I see that you're sad right. or I see that you're you're disappointed that you didn't get the, I don't know, Cocoa Puffs, whatever exists the now. The candy Who knows? bar right. off the shelf exactly. you were trying to steal right. and walk out of the store <laughs> with. I, you little klepto. Yeah, you two-year-old klepto. We're going to put this back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> your yeah, child's totally. going to get upset and that's okay, but be there with them. Like, just show them that you see them. It's the same with us as adults. If we are so frustrated at our partner and they don't validate it, they don't recognize it, and they're like, oh, why are you so mad? Then you feel even more upset inside. And you're like, can you just see yeah. that I'm really frustrated with what happened? And if they say, I see that you're really frustrated. I'm, I'm so sorry, but I didn't mean to say it that way or do it that way. All of a sudden you're like, yes, oh, yeah. thanks. I feel much better. It's the same for our child. So if they want that candy okay. bar- 
if they want that candy bar, you don't have to break that boundary. You can put it back and say, nope, we don't need one today. They're going to cry. They're yeah. going to scream, validate their emotions and say, like, I, I know that it's not fun. But you know what? And especially at the age you said at two, you can yeah. have a big yeah. conversation with them. So you can say, well, next time we come, maybe we'll be able, I'm just using this example. doesn't mean you need yeah. to, to yeah. buy one the next time. But the next time we come, which one are you, which one will you choose? Which one is your favorite one? And just change the conversation. When they're three and under, you need to change, you know, like help them, validate them. And then, well... That's the thing. They're not morons. Like, they're no. not little, like, brain-dead dummy they're babies not. that are just like, Bleh. like, I don't know what you're saying to me. And I think people kind of forget that. Because, mm-hmm. like, even when they're little, little, little amoebas that just popped out of you, they're still receptive to what you're saying. Yeah. And I feel... I truly believe that because it was funny, like our doula and our midwives, when we had our kid, one of the first things they told us leaving the center was like, talk to your kid about everything you're doing to their body. Yes. Right. Yes. Especially when you're entering their like physical arena mm-hmm. so that they because think about it. It's like alien hands. You're like, Meh. it's true. Like, you know, like you're getting probed, you're touching mm-hmm. their nose, you're wiping them in like their private yeah. area. Like, and I was like, oh, that's a really fascinating concept. We're mm-hmm. going to do that. And like we start we did that right away with our kids. So we've been talking to her like she's an adult ish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like just being like, hey, like we're going to clean your armpit or like. You know, we're going to lift up your butt to like wipe the poo like or whatever, you know. And and now we're kind of been trying to do this during her tantrum moments. But it's so cute that you just said that because she had like I was saying, she just had a tantrum right here. And my husband literally like we tried to put her hair up and he just texted me as we were starting. And he's like, there we go. Put her hair up. We just had to have a little talk. There you go. But you know what I'm saying? But it's funny because like you're right. You have to take that pause. And I guess if you're a reactive parent or person, organism, whatever you are, that's going to be hard to take that pause. It's going to be a hard moment Mm -hmm. to be like, you know, hi, let me just be here. Because then also my question is like, how long is that goddamn pause? You know? Yeah, no. (laughs) Are you just in the supermarket just like, no, (laughs) watching the kid demolish the aisle of like candy bars? That would be me. But I, you know what I mean? Because, but you, someone listening is like, how long of a pause is that? Valid question. Right? But it's just a pause to kind of collect yourself. I'm joking, but. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what you mentioned though? I I just want to mention a word that I think what the, when we respond rather than react, we're connecting with the child. We're connecting with the other human in front of us. Similarly to being adults, right? Like when you're validating that emotion and saying, I see you right now, I might not agree with you. I might not be able to change what's happening right now, like with the candy bar, but I still see you. You're connecting. And that connection piece is, is, it feels good. So when we, if if that becomes the ritual for big emotions with your child, because parents tell me like, oh, it doesn't work, but it's not about doing it one time. It's about being consistent. Well, you said it's a skill and skills Uh, take time to train and learn and practice. It's like training a dog or being in boot camp. Like you can't just go up and do a pull up with perfect form. And then look at your muscles and be like, oh, look at that. It got all pumped up. No, it's going to take months. You guys, you could. Some people can. (laughs) I'm so jealous. But I hear you. I understand. It's it's actually not to sound like a loser. (laughs) It sounds like an activity we did in theater school with like Meisner technique. Any actors listening that are parents, you'll know what I'm saying. And it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a training tool that we do with this one guy who like, you know, is great. But (laughs) You stand in front of each other and you just recognize and respond. 
in like you have a structure mm. and like a container yeah. to play within. But it is literally like huh. you just seeing and being with the other person present in in the space. Wow. But I guess yeah. when you're dealing with a two year old, I wonder, you know, like for me, sometimes I have to think about like that. She's not a moron and she has a brain and she's listening to everything we're saying because like, they are. I guess you sometimes look at kids and you're like, eh. like, you know, yeah. you're just like you're just a kid. Right. But no. they're actually so smart. Like yeah. kids are so smart. And I don't yeah. think people give them enough credit because they also are the creepy kids that observe no. everything. And then but if you're swearing, they'll come up and be like, ah, shit. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and you're like, how did you learn that? <laughs> Me. You know, but we visited yeah, New no, York City. <laughs> I visited New York City with my three kids. <laughs> they picked up and... lots of swear words. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, they're like, hey, mom. We laughed at it. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you're like, how they, do I uncondition this? Yeah. <laughs> But they are, they're soaking everything in. And like I said before, yeah. between zero to five-ish, five, six, yeah. they are not just soaking everything in, but that's what's shaping the architecture of their brain. So it's oh, not just that they're soaking everything in. It's that that's kind of like, it's the cement that's like, our brain is is plastic. However, the beginning yeah. years that we have, the early years, will build that f- structure, that foundation. And they're going like to- Like a malleable right. foundation. Yeah, yeah, malleable, yeah. Okay. yes. Because if we, as adults, realize, well, you know what? I didn't learn those emotion regulation skills. And parents yeah. often tell me through what the work that I do that they are learning about emotions with their child. And so it's not too late, but we also want to be mindful of how we're- like the environment that we're putting our child in, because that will build that structure. So it's not just about ignoring what's happening in our home and how we're responding, but also not pointing fingers at ourselves. I never, ever want a parent to do that because we are all doing the best that we can with the tools that we have, right? And if somebody's listening to this saying, oh, wow, I I lose my shit on my child every single day and I'm not modeling good emotions, you know, like, no, I've messed up my child and I don't want them to think that they <laughs> fucked everything up. Like, I really yeah, don't. Yeah, but you have. Sorry, listener. No, no, I'm no, just no, joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> but kidding, yeah. kidding. There is change. And yeah, that no. there is, you know, and I yeah. think that's where yeah. the work that I come in. So it's about being, I always say, like, be curious and compassionate, right? So curious as to mm-hmm. why you've been responding to your child that way. And then coming back to that piece that you kind of said, like, what did I do? So first I went back to my childhood through therapy, understood how that had impacted me. I had, like I said, a single mom and a dad who just left. So that created lots of great baggage. (laughs) I'm very grateful for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then um, what happened is I also started journaling and building on my own self-compassion. Part of my childhood was that I was raised in a really critical environment and my inner voice was very critical. And I had to learn how to undo that because it's easy in those moments when we're with our children to be like, I've messed up. My child's having another like tantrum and their behavior's off the charts and everybody's like, what's wrong with your child? Because people do that and family members tend to, right? Yeah, totally. And then you question yourself, but through building your self-compassion and working on your inner dialogue, you change the way you see things. Like you could have a moment with your child that happens to be at Walmart and you could be- crumbling in that moment saying like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Everybody's looking at me. I'm the worst parent ever. Or you can be like, everybody mind your business. I got this. You validate your child. You know, they're having big emotions and and that it's normal. It's a normal part of, you know, growing up, but to be there for them and you're able to disconnect from what people are looking like the people around you. That's where the work comes in, right? Like that's where the journaling for me helped um, building that self-compassion piece. And now- it's just you're much stronger and you're able to be there for your child. So there's a lot of work that goes into it. 
when the hell do you do all this work? <laughs> I guess that's just like, when do you have the time? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even I'm like listening to you talk and you have three kids and you're a doctor and you're helping other people. <laughs> like, my God, like, when do you fill the void for yourself? Like, that's right. huge discipline, I think, which like it is yeah, a, a huge self-awareness with, you know, just yourself to make the shift to change, to recognize. And even that that's a whole different subject. Like, let's talk about self-awareness mm-hmm. in the person, because sometimes that can't really be taught. Right. Um, yeah. and that's a sad thing, too. Right. But I'm just it's so beautiful hearing you say all of this. It's just sometimes I think of time, you right. know, like when do people make the time? When do people find the time? And I guess that's sort of the struggle that I see a lot on social with people posting and like, you know, making fun of being a parent and shit where it's like, there's not enough hours in the day. Like I'm constantly on. It's and true, I'm like, though. yeah, but it's true. It's true. You just have to carve that out. And like, yeah. maybe it's a great thing to do in front of your kids or so they can understand mm-hmm. it's me time. Just like, you know, they can see it and see what you're doing. And maybe they get a little fake it journal is. or something. So I, I, I want to be clear on the fact that I didn't do this at the beginning. When I had four, three kids under four years old, I yeah. was just surviving. <laughs> I right. was surviving every day. Like, I need to be honest. I don't want <laughs> word pe- of the day. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. like some yeah, of those yeah. Instagram accounts and you're, they're like, oh, here's my morning routine with five kids. I wake up at five o'clock and then I put my makeup. No, yeah, no. What you don't see is the eight fucking yeah. nannies. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I, yeah. Like, no offense person yeah. if that's you. But, <laughs> come on. Right. Like, but, but that's why social media impacts our own mental health as well because we're like why can't right. my life be organized why is my house like a disaster and their house is like so organized it's not like that yeah. so my the post. everything was a shit show <laughs> for the first couple of years like I want to be honest with right. that and I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to paint a perfect picture what happened is that when I had my third child by the time they were like one or two, I started therapy. So I just focused on that. Cool. And that was, you cool. know, every once in a while just to get things going and understanding a little bit more about myself. Then I stopped that and I started journaling. And that was at the beginning of this year. And journaling for me is cool. not every day. I wish it was every day, but life is yeah. that I have three kids. I have two companies and I homeschool. <laughs> so it's not every single oh day. Oh my God. It's not Let, every day. I want, I'm going to call you off the cuff and talk about that subject with you or have you back on on that because that's probably a lot of people that's ask a subject. About that. I, oh, yeah. yeah. Like you'll get a different email from me yeah. after this. <laughs> I love ep, it. Th- we wrap this right. this record. But, but it's. I, and do you have a partner yes, like in your yes, life my that husband, helps cultivate this energy exactly. with you? We balance everything. I'm lucky that everything is sort of split through the middle. Like right now, right. as we're recording, my three kids have yeah. playtime, so they're not doing any schoolwork. But if it was school time during this time, then he would be yeah. doing the schoolwork with them. He's able to go to, like, he works from home all the time. So whenever also, I have okay. a meeting, okay. he switches and then he has his meetings and then I'm with the kids. So we do have a pretty perfect life when it comes to that. I don't have a cleaning lady. I cook my own meals. I do everything else myself. Oh, God, but it's balancing. <laughs> right. But just to say, like, it's so. How are you not exhausted? No, what supplements are you not taking? Like, like spill the beans like come on but, I'm like I'm like over here popping amino acid <laughs> pills and just all, like fucking vitamin C's I'm like oh my god like trying to get my butthole up to the sun for my vitamin D intake oh I saw that I'm just like what yeah, is happening I've seen that <laughs> so tired so funny oh god no but you also have a very young child I'm seeing the light now the past year has okay. been where and again <laughs> I'm not journaling every day I some days yeah. are survival days they still exist And I just want parents to know that there's an ebb and flow. I don't like saying balance, like work-life balance. I don't think I have a balance because some days or weeks, it's more work. And some days or weeks, it's more children and the work is behind. 100%. Or a full day is just nothing. Or nothing. Just survival. Hey, I'm just going to go lay in my bed and stare at the 
at the rafters. And if you need food, <laughs> the cereal like, box is right yeah. there. <laughs> How old are your kids now, yeah, though? Yeah, four, six, and eight. Because you said you've seen the light. Four, okay, so they're more of that age where they could make you a margarita. Yeah. And yeah. they can go pour themselves <laughs> yes, a bowl of cereal. And you, a little piece of toast. Exactly. Like they can, but it, they can Matilda themselves exactly. if need be. And that's been the so past So that's year. different. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But that's why I yeah. think we don't hear that enough, right? We hear, we see parents that are like thriving and you're like, oh, how come? But the kid's age makes a difference. And because my kid's 15. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good. But it's yeah, true, yeah, yeah. you know, and for, yeah. I still juggle and, and struggle with a lot of things. So I struggle with like exercising. Beside me is a whole little mini gym here. Not a gym, but like a workout bench and weights. They're they're dusty, you know, like the, I, I'd like to get to them every day. But to survive my yeah. days, I need to take five or 10 minutes to write in my journal. Anything that's on Cute. my mind, any Cute. argument that I had you know, my relationship isn't perfect with my mom. We try our best, but like sometimes things right. happen and it brings up the past or an argument or a feeling. And if I can wake up and get five minutes to just write a half a page, I feel better yeah. and I can be there for my kids. So to me, oh, wow. that's what matters the most. And everybody yeah. has to ask themselves, like, what matters to me the most? Is it working out? Can you do 15 minutes? Don't we don't have to have this yeah. big plan. That's me. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I I need to move my body. And I'm not going to lie, this whole past week, I haven't. Mm-hmm. And I've been like, that's why I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm totally zombie. Right. But I I I used to journal, but now I just like there's something in me that like I hate it because my my writing is like so discombobulated oh, and ugly <laughs> because like we've all become morons texting right? on our phone. I know you know what too. I mean? Like, Mine isn't very like pretty. scripted yeah. hand. <laughs> and it, it actually drives me crazy where I'm like. I can't look at my writing. Yeah. i cr- critical of my writing. I'm like, I fucking hate journaling. <laughs> so I do. I'm like, I just need to go work out. Yeah. But then my brain just goes into a weird squirrel thing about my calligraphy yeah. <laughs> or print. Like, it's just so dumb. We get the apps. That's There's so, like apps true. that help you too, right? Like you, I know. But, but then it's like, on my, then I'm on my phone and I don't oh, want to yeah. be on my it's phone. True. Yeah. Mm, it's too you much. You know, I'm just like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> this episode of You Did It, the podcast is brought to you by New Organics. They are in the market to create sustainable and ethically sourced clothing with a focus on merino wool as their hero fiber. Their collections include GOTS certified organic merino wool, merino silk, merino linen, merino tensile, knitwear, and accessories. They are long lasting and cozy and look so sleek with their classic timeless designs. So check them out at nuiorganics.com and use code UDIDIT to receive 20% off at checkout. Check out the link in the podcast description. And now back to our show. Segue to that for a second with me. I mean, like you're looking at brains, you're looking at child development, you're looking at people getting regulated, helping people get regulated. But like, what's this whole concept with um, with blue light and phones? You know, like I keep hearing about this a lot with like kids and how sometimes, oh my God, and I just saw a post the other night of like blue light is supposed to increase puberty in kids. And I'm like, what? oh my God, there's so much information. Oh. Instagram clickbait yeah, shit. You know what yeah. I mean? But like, what's, have you been seeing that in your practice or people that you're working with or just in your life about like phones and that being a disconnector for families and parenting? Like, are you, you know what I'm trying to say here? Like where a kid might just be like, here you go, babe. And like, go deal with your emotions with your iPad. Like, I don't know. There is. And I think it's a very, um, it's one of those topics that starts a lot of like arguments. Like when I post about certain things on Instagram. I love that. Let's get there. Did you know that sharing started, like went and made a a video of of mine go viral? (laughs) 
so bad. Sharing became a thing that people were arguing about. Anyways, <laughs> that's amazing. A, yeah, right? But but screen time is one of those. I I am yeah. always mindful that I'm speaking to parents who might be struggling. Right. I don't want to ever put myself in yeah. their shoes. So I know that some parents feel like there's nothing else that they can do. However, what I do want parents right. to be mindful of is. Are there moments that you're using a screen with your child or with yourself that, you know, could be something else? Like, or let's Ooh. focus on the parent. Are you using your phone to the point that you're um, missing opportunities with your baby? Because even, or your child, e- there are studies that show that when um, a parent is using their phone too much, they're missing moments of serve and return. So when a baby coos or there's <gasps> like a sound... That's their way of communicating. So if you're on your phone and the baby's in the crib beside you or the bassinet or whatever it is, and they're uh-huh. like, ah, ooh, goo, goo, whatever it is, yes. you have to respond to them. Not every time, but on average, if somebody's on their uh-huh. phone very often, they're missing those opportunities. So the emotional development is different. The language development is different. So you have to be Weird. mindful of how often you are on your phone. That's one thing. In front of your BB. Yeah, when your baby's In front of there. your BB. Yeah. And you know what's creepy? I'm noticing that with my kid. Like, I'm on my phone all the time. It's literally my third appendage of, like, if I had a third arm, sure, it would I be, guess. like, somewhere. <laughs> and it's really, like, fucked up because I think she sees that. Right. And I've noticed that when I put my phone, when I'm doing this, and I see her in my periphery or in front of me, she's, like, acting more annoying. And I say uh, the word annoying with love. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. it's like, she's like, eh, bitch, like, look yeah. at me. And I'm right. like, yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah. But like, then I put it away and then she's like, kind of normal. Right. And it's really funny. I've started noticing that more because like, I'm in my studio right mm-hmm. now. So she knows that this is where all of my shit is. Like, all my screens are in here for the most part. So when she comes in here, she's like, whoa, mommy's <laughs> working. You know, she's like, iPad, desktop, phone, yeah. this, a, a ring light. But when I'm out there, I really try to make my phone time less present mm-hmm. in front of her. But it's so hard. It's hard. But I notice, I notice that she, like, really taps into it. Yeah, it's hard. And is like, weird. I wonder, you know, just in terms of, like, having moments, right? So, like, you set up a timer yeah. of, like, 10, 15 minutes you know, and then you don't look at your phone for that amount of time. Like just, it's not about always yeah. being present with their yeah. kid. I don't want parents to feel like yeah. overwhelmed, especially if they work and their phone like is this. there, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's what you want. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want your child to feel like, is that thing more important? You know, like, what about me? And you're right. You'll see the behavior changes. Yeah. And then parents are like, yeah. oh, you're so whiny or like, you're so clingy. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. they need those moments. And I, I tell parents, especially when it was during the pandemic and some people were having meetings from home and they're like, but my kid's home, I have a meeting what do I do? It comes back to that connection piece. The child just wants to connect with you. So if you have a meeting or something you need to do on your phone for 10 minutes, first take the time to connect with your child, play with them 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, fill that cup of theirs, like of love and connection and feel like, Oh, you know, I, I just feel so happy right now because I'm connected to my, my caregiver. And then move away. You're going to notice that it's a lot easier. Even if you're preparing dinner to first play with your child, 10 minutes, that's all. I don't want parents to feel overwhelmed by it. 10 minutes of connection yeah. in order to disconnect. And there's going to be a big difference in the home. I like I did this with all three kids and it it works. Wow. Yeah. Do you feel that it bogs people down though? Like even that 10 minutes. Do you have people that are just like, I just don't fucking have time for 10 yes. minutes? Like are they just Yes. You know, I, and I guess I wonder if that if that's like you know, a psychological thing for them, like perhaps they're struggling with other things that they haven't really addressed. Sure. Or, you know, come to terms with and it's just 
too much. Like mm-hmm. even that is just too much because it's like, I just got to get dinner ready. We just got to go to the car for your yep. class. Like we're going to be late. Like, you know, it's, it's so it, being a parent, I feel like there's, it's funny. You read all those like stupid, but awesome parenting books, maybe before you <laughs> pop out the kid while you're prego yeah. and you're like, I'm going to be great. But it's <laughs> funny. I thinking back, like a lot of them don't really talk about time management. <laughs> no, oh <laughs> you my know? gosh. Like, it's so funny. Yes. No one tells me that I should actually get up at 5 a.m. Right. so I can have my morning yes. to myself before my kid wakes up at six or seven and is like, you know, a little like like monster right. running around just wanting to get wild, <laughs> which is awesome. But like no one talks about that. No, it's like, true. But you know <laughs> they talk about it for like meditation. No. <laughs> but again, it's those Instagram posts. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think of being a parent <laughs> as like being a CEO of your company, right? Like you have your team. Yes. You have to strategize if something's not working. No, but I I have a podcast episode about that because I've I've changed my view of that, like of parenting. It's it's not just a yeah. it's my needs matter. And I need to make sure that I have everything under control. Then my team or my kids, my partner, we're like, or my partner and I can be the CEOs together, but I'm just, yeah, all, yeah, all I'm yeah. trying to paint is that picture of like, you have the CEO, co-CEOs, whatever it is, but you need to have, you know, not a meeting per se, but some sort of like, okay, is everything undercover, uh, undercover? Is everything all um, under control for this week? What do we need for this yeah. week? I like to yeah. plan my meals. I have a notebook. A weekly briefing. Yeah. yeah. And, and and then if something's not working, if you as the CEO of your company notice that one of your employees, which is one of your kids, is like losing <laughs> their shit every day after daycare, yeah. then you as a CEO yeah. need to figure out how to solve that problem, right? Like strategize. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. When yeah. my child comes back from daycare, I notice that their behavior is off the charts. Well, yeah. If you think of sensory sensitivities, which is very common in young kids, Ooh. they've been around Ooh. noise, right? Their system, we spoke about like emotion regulation, but there's something yes. called dysregulation. And that's when your like nervous system is overwhelmed. There's too much of one of the senses, maybe you're stressed. So there could be something underlying that just being in daycare huh. is overwhelming with the sound. There's We don't realize how much crying goes on in, in a daycare all day. So your child comes home and they're off the charts yeah. and you're like, stop being such a brat, but they're actually dysregulated. So if you see them as dysregulated... <laughs> What they really want to say, though, Dr. Cindy, yeah. is, Mom, you don't understand this bitch at yeah. daycare wouldn't stop crying all day. I'm pissed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I need to write a letter of complaint. Yeah. And they're like, they're like 14 <laughs> months old. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Give me the computer. But you know yeah. what's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because you're so right. And I, you know what's, I mean, our kid is not in daycare. We're like, we're in the same situation like your family sounds like kind of home. different parts of the world. Mm. But we work from home. My husband's the manny and the caretaker of all of mm. us. Right. And like we tried to like kind of like get her into like a little preschool or like a daycare, not a daycare, but just like a little environment for like a other little thing. amoebas yeah. to hang out. Mm-hmm. And it was even for me. And I'm like annoying. I know I could be annoying, but I was in the in the space, like looking around it with my husband and two kids had like meltdowns in the five seconds we poked our head in. And even I was like, oh, yeah. my right? God, that's so jarring. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and like she wouldn't stop. Yeah. Like and the caretakers in the facility were just like, OK, like they were doing great. Like they were nurturing, like they were doing all like lovely things. But I could also see my little kid who was also just like, Whoa, <laughs> are you bringing like, me? What yeah. happened? <laughs> So I get it. Right. I, that's so funny. We don't think about that. Or even at a school, mm-hmm. schools are loud mm-hmm. and kind of annoying with their stupid bells for classes yes. and like, bah! 
Yeah, yes. like go to your class. And when, imagine I, it is. Imagine if it's you're so tired crazy. also at the end of a workday, whether we were yeah. thinking or creating, whatever it is, like we we come back and we're like, oh, I don't I just yeah. want to do nothing. Like feed me, you know? Yes. And our child yeah. comes home and young kids can't express that. They don't realize that their system is off. And that they need food right now, you know, they're, they're hungry, right. <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. they're just going to behave differently. And we see it as like yeah. behavior issues, but it's actually them communicating something else that they might not even understand yet. So we have to be aware of, okay, let's say my child came back from daycare or school. They're tired, they're exhausted, but I'm like, do your homework, sit down, don't move, don't get up. And they, they can't, they need to fidget. They, they're like, we have that too. Sometimes we go to bed and mm-hmm. we can't stop moving because that energy hasn't been released or we're thinking and we just haven't found an outlet for it. So like you've said it a couple of times today. And I think it's really important that we say that again, kids are not like these just tiny people. They're full humans <laughs> that are just a different yeah. size. Their brain yeah. has the same needs that we do. And if yeah. we have days that we're exhausted and we want to do absolutely nothing, they also have those days. And, you know, you mentioned like the getting ready for activities. There's research around that too. Like if you look at how many activities are planned now for kids versus oh before. Oh God, I was going to just ask you that. that. <laughs> I, I was brain. just going to ask you that because you were like talking about coming home yeah. from school for eight hours and then right away you got to go to soccer yeah. and then right after that is right. class and then... Like, when do you have time to like yes. recenter yes. for a kid? Yes. And I think That's from so the funny. parents I've spoken gonna... with, sometimes we fear that lull or that boredom or that, you know, not doing anything, but we like not giving my kid a stimuli yeah. or like something. Like, what are we going right, to do right, for right. home? Like, oh, what do I have to entertain them? Actually, you don't. And if you have very small kids, having them home, turn the TV off and, and, just let them be color. Give them a cardboard box. Give them a, oh my gosh. Yes, please. It's <laughs> I do. It, it is, but it's amazing. <laughs> Give them, you know, yeah. depending on their age, obviously, but like yeah. an empty container. Do you follow um what's her name? Busy toddler, Susie. Busy toddler is like the creator I don't, but of the they sensory bin. Busy, to- busy toddler. Busy toddlers. Yeah. Okay. She I'm has a huge right account now. and she's sort of like the pioneer of busy you toddlers. take a plastic bin and you put, depending on your child's age, like something that's age yes, appropriate. Yes. Let's say like dried yeah. beans or dried lentils or rice and a scoop yeah. and a bowl and the kids go to town and have a blast or a bucket of water, right? Like just yeah. play in the bathtub or whatever it is. Like I've yeah, done yeah, yeah. so many of these things where my kid is, it, they're entertained, but they're not, right? It's open-ended play. And we forget the yes. importance of open-ended play. And back yeah, in my yeah, day, yeah. you know, like we would be thrown outside. Yeah. I was raised, I, I grew up at my grandmother's house yeah. and she would be like, hi, yeah. welcome to my house. Go outside and have fun. See you later at lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> just don't poke your right. eye out with just a stick. survive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and just and come in when I call you. want to walk across the street, it doesn't matter if you're three years old, go see your friends, do yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. These days, I wouldn't know if I would do no. that. What's going it's on? Different. But I feel you. That's how I was raised yeah. too. It was like, we had the luxury of having some sort of like, at least a little piece of land and it was like, you know, go and do you. Yes. But I, you, you touched on something earlier that I, maybe this might be too much of a heavy convo and I don't want to keep us too much longer, but um, you're talking so much about regulating a kid and like giving them all like this nurturing environment and like you watching for signals and coming from a scientific background. Where does that boundary get crossed though, where behavioral issues then start coming into play with like, oh, here's a pill. Mm. Oh, here, let's go to a doctor and Mm. get you checked out. Like what, you know what I'm trying to say here? Like, so you're seeing your kid, they're dysregulated. 
And I'm not judging, but like, especially now that I live in the States, there's so much pharma out there Yeah, uh, where it's like, your kid is ADHD. Your kid is this. Your kid is that. And that's what I'm saying. This might be a pretty heavy loaded question, but like, where is that boundary for parents where they might need to be like, okay, I'm doing all these things holistically and naturally, but there's still a deviation of like my kid coming back to, let's say, calm zero, (laughs) you know, or like, you know, I'm trying to ask, like, I don't know how I don't really know what my question is, but I'm kind of trying to figure it out. Yeah, I see the topic. So where do we begin? (sighs) I think that whenever I'm going to go back to the roots of like mental health, because mental health and behavioral, like it's not that it's the same, but there's a, there's a link in what you want to look for. It's functionality. Yeah. If your family and your child is no longer functional or their everyday life is being impacted by big meltdowns, for example. So parents will often ask me like, okay, you, you said that, you know, tantrums are normal, but how many and how long should it be? But if you're hitting, you know, half hour tantrums two, three times a day, that your child can't regulate for a half hour or more, 45 minutes. With you with them. Yeah, with like you helping. there. You're trying to help them. Of course. And yeah. or a child is becoming extremely aggressive in their tantrums, you know, trying to hurt themselves Ooh. or trying to hurt you. Then that's not fun. You're, you're perhaps not going to a family member's house anymore. You're perhaps not going out in public with your child anymore. That's where oh. the functionality is stopping, right? Okay. And that's where you have to question is this not, is this normal, but is this something more that, and and it's, if it's something that I can't assist my child with now, yes, I still don't remove the idea that we spoke about in terms of these big emotions or behavioral issues, having some sort of underlying child communicating something to you, right? Like there's always, and the reason why I say that is because my big learning moment was I was working with this child who had, um, oppositional defiant disorder. And I remember he was, yeah, it's very intense, heavily med- medicated child. Um, but even I was pregnant with my third at the time and I was working with him. And I remember the clinician saying like, he he might be very aggressive. Like we're still putting him with mm. you, but he's he's known to be aggressive in school and with his, his parents and so on. And wow. he came in and I just, as usual, acted like myself and didn't change the way I was treating him. You know, like I'll be calm yeah. and whatever it is. But I noticed behavior differences depending on which parent was in the room with us. I didn't say anything. I just wrote it down. And then after right. two months of working with him, we were playing, I'll never forget the moment, we were playing a game because I was trying to get him to speak about like, I, I had a feeling at that point, like there's something more. And, and how old was he though? Just for our he was brains. Eight years so old. We know. He was in grade okay, three. Okay. So he has vocabulary oh, yeah, full, yeah. and is like available. Okay. Yeah. So he's not like three years no, old. No, okay. Yeah, got it, got said it, that got it. Yeah. So that's okay. Year, you know, grade three student. Um, and we were playing ball and I said, if whoever misses it has to ask the other person a, a question to like get to know them. Cute. I was just trying to find a way to get him to talk a little bit. And um, so I, no, I dropped the ball and I had to ask him a question at one point. And I said, has anybody ever hurt you in your home? <laughs> and I did it really directly because we had known each other for two years. <laughs> but you've had trust already built. We had trust yeah. established. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I felt ready. I, I felt like it was time. And I said, at worst, I said, you know, at worst he won't answer. But he didn't even hesitate. And he said, my dad beats all of us like every single day. And wow, my world, my word, my world crumbled in that moment because I was like, he's being medicated for being aggressive but he's living in an aggressive home, right? So all of that and the father, the services came in and the father eventually left and all of that to say like that kid stopped taking medication. 
that that, that diagnosis oh, wasn't that really a diagnosis. Heart. And it makes me think of Dr. Bruce Perry's work. Have you ever read the book, um, What Happened to You? Uh, no, oh. but that's on my list, everybody. What, hap- right? what happened what to happened you? What happened to you? So it's a book with uh, written wow. by... Wow, I have goosebumps. Yeah, Dr. Bruce Perry is the leading expert in um, trauma I'm and how that impacts down. your behavior and your emotions. <laughs> And he talks about, like, we often say, like, what's wrong with you, right? Like, why are you behaving that way? Whether it's a child or an adult, but mostly he talks about- We can ask our kid that sometimes. Sorry. Yeah, Yeah, but what's wrong with you? Like, why? But we should be questioning, we should be asking the question, what happened to you? Like, what led to you being this way? Because there's always, like I said before, your early environment or your home environment will impact the way that you behave. So- Whenever parents ask me, like, how do I stop my child's behavior? Not these little tantrums, but like really intense behavior. And I've been hearing that a lot through like past the pandemic of like, you know, my child, like a lot of people are seeing aggressivity, like increased in their homes or their children. Well, that's why I'm kind of asked this question because I've been seeing it on like social. Right. right? Yes. Go on. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. So I personally (sighs) believe that we are seeing aggressive behavior increase because parents are more stressed or stressed more than ever right now. And we see a link. There's research that came out at like, no, like about a year ago where the higher the stress levels in the parents, the more chance of that child getting, you know, disciplined in a way that's more harsh, the more chances of that child being verbally abused and the more chances of that child showing behavioral issues. So we have to think of that link. So back to your question, I don't think that we have to stop questioning the kids. Like we always want to support mm. them and give them what they need. But I do think we're quick to give them um, a solution to their problem without finding what's yeah. the underlying problem. And we need to do that Because I mean, more. I feel like there are definitely agree with you there. And I feel like there are de- like, you know, moments in, in families and in people's lives where like there is something happening internally. Right. We're like, okay, you know, maybe who knows what the diagnosis really, really is. But your story that you just shared is so like sad yeah. because it's it's like it was like a Band-Aid that was put onto something. Yes, exactly. That what didn't need a Band-Aid. It needed like Nurturing. surgery. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know, like you needed to literally open yeah. up that thing and then kind of like staple it back up. But holy crap, that's so mm. sad. And it's so great that you were there to help uncover that for for him like what you know without getting too like personal about it but what was the evolution of him after that like then I stopped he He didn't continue he stopped uh, okay so after all that happened he had to cancel all his sessions and whatever it was and I never saw him again oh yeah Yeah. but I do know I really hope wherever he is yeah yeah like but you know I don't think he's the only child I don't think he's the only child no that's being treated as if like there's something wrong with them when nobody's asking what happened to them and I think parents struggle (sighs) to ask this question because it means it feels like the fingers are going to be pointed at them, right? Like, right? Because if I, if my and they ch- kind of will be in it a will way, be. It, right? It will like be. you're responsible for that. Yes, yeah. But I think also Dr. Vanessa Lapointe, um, sorry, Dr. Vanessa Lapointe on Instagram, Love her. she's amazing, and she spoke about like, yes, we're going to point fingers, but we're also going to say. You might be the problem, but you're also the solution. And we have to look at yeah. it that way. You are the solution to fixing, not fixing, but like changing certain behaviors in your child. We don't want to fix yeah. them. I, I, po- I posted yeah. about that a little while ago. We want to get that out of our minds. We're not fixing them. <laughs> what was the kickback on that yeah. one, Dr. Cindy? <laughs> How many trolls did yeah. you get there? Ooh, yeah, <laughs> All of them. Oh, get. Well. But, you know, yeah. I, I feel that we, we're quick to want to fix the child rather than, like you said, that Band-Aid. And we don't want to do yeah. that. We want to question the environment. I talk about like sometimes 
We zoom in on the child. What's wrong with you? Why are you behaving that way? Why are you crying all the time? Why are you so clingy? Yeah. But we 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 forget to kind of zoom out. And in that child, when Ooh. we're zooming out, we're starting to see the environment. You zoom out, you see their primary caregiver. So if it's the mom or the dad, you know, how am right. I responding to my child's behavior? How am I acting or behaving around my child? Are there mental issues Ooh. that I have that I haven't really dealt with? You know, am I... Right. What's going on? Because we 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 just how dysregulated are we? Right. Yeah. If we're always yeah. dysregulated, yeah. which by the way, it's possible that you're always dysregulated. If you came from a very chaotic or traumatized or a childhood with adversity, adversity. When I say that, by the way, it's it's any kind of physical, emotional abuse. It's yeah, right here, hands up. So that's sure. childhood adversity. Hundred percent. Um, you 100%. know, a parent being incarcerated, divorce is a childhood adversity. It doesn't mean yep. Yep. that there will be something wrong with you. Parents are quick to say that, but it means that oh, you might you. respond yeah. to emotions <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> differently, yeah. right? And you might, re- yeah. and you also might be dysregulated. It means that your system or your nervous system can often feel yeah. unsafe in moments when it shouldn't feel that way. And if you're so always funny. dysregulated, and I'm like that, like yeah. if somebody were to come down in my basement right now, I'd probably jump like, like crazy. Like I'm always dysregulated. I came from that childhood as well, right. where you're just always like, what's going to happen? What's wrong? Where do I run? Do I run now? Like you're, you, that's the, dis- that's yeah. the dysregulated brain. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so in those moments. But it takes a lot of work to ugh. not keep you on that edge. And I've it been does. doing a lot of that work. I was very lucky to kind of start that in my twenties. Mm after like a really fucked up relationship Mm. I was in, but that was also a great relationship because it opened my eyes to what it's like to not be a good partner, Mm. if that makes sense. Like it was awesome in that weird Tim Burton kind of like cryptic fucked up. But like I had that, like I had that self-awareness wall hit me and was like, Ooh, got to rewire the circuit. Mm -hmm. And then I started. Wow. Good. Yeah. But it's, Mm. But it, I don't, you know, I don't know how it, besides that being a catalyst, that relationship for it, I just feel like sometimes people might just feel lost and wouldn't know where to start. And, you know, listening and talking to you, you are probably a good starting point, it sounds like, for a lot of people and families. A good starting point to ask the questions. Like to help. Yeah. Yeah. And like to help people to be a guide. And like, is that, so I just wanted to talk about you for a minute, just to like, to get a whole like idea here. So you're saying that you're, you're working with like, what is it that you're doing with families and kids like now? Like, are you, so I left all of that practice. Yeah, No, I okay, stopped. So that's gone. Yeah, I stopped. Okay, and okay. when I, when I decided to stay home, I started the blog and I summarized research. So any of the relevant research okay. out there that will help a parent make informed decisions. I think there are way too many, like, here's how to parent places like websites. And like, <laughs> I don't want to tell you how to parent. I want to like serve yeah. you the research. Like, in a way that you can understand it. And then you decide you. how to apply yeah. that in your home. <laughs> Cause I don't have a PhD and yeah. sometimes reading those medical research studies is quite drowning. Some of them I remember are being t- in university and I was like, this is, I can't no. do this. Like I'm just happy now. <laughs> so I have graduate students that summarize it, you know, for our team, like right. they're part of our team. They come out of their labs and they're like, here's what we did. Here's the research. They put it on our website. Oh, cool. I interview the researchers at the labs and post all of that online. And then I create, create these little bite-sized pieces on Instagram and try to start conversations. I try. Yeah, you do. And they're great. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So that's, it is, you know, again, I think one of the best comments I've received from a parent was like, they are learning about their emotions with their child through the content that I create. And that's my goal. I just want 
parents to become aware of their emotions. I say emotional awareness all the time because I think that's yeah. what we have to learn. Like it's just relearning everything and, and understanding like sometimes you can ask an adult, like what, what does worry feel like in your body or what does pure joy feel yeah. like in your body? And you're like, uh, yeah. let me think about it for a second. I'm not sure because yeah. we don't take enough time to do that. So this whole emotional intelligence piece is first understanding yourself you can't understand other people unless you understand them in yourself. So how do you feel when you're worried? How do you behave and act, right? It's that internal and external piece when you're worried. How do you cope with it and how do you move past it? All of that is part of emotional regulation skills. And I share all the research around that. Wow, that's so fabulous. I mean, it's also, I think, just quite generational too. Like mm -hmm. if my parents would be listening to this right now, they'd be like, what the? Yeah. Like they didn't have this shit no. back then. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? My dad got pissed. He would smack us. Yeah. yeah. Like we yeah. were, we were acting wild. We get a hit or yeah. what, you know what I mean? When we're listening, it was a smack, but like they don't, I don't think a lot of those people like, you know, we're kind of in the same age group here, I'm assuming, but mm -hmm. like I don't know if my parents would ever be open to having those tools in their toolbox. No. And because like, yeah, when, you're right. when, when did this stuff really start to get talked about, except in the last, I'm going to say decade or maybe less. Yeah. And maybe I just noticed it now because I'm a parent. Right. But like, no, it's at 90s, it's so... mid 90s. We started talking about emotional intelligence. So it's but we started we started the original research, but it took until like 2000, the early 2000s where people were talking about that. And now we know a lot more and we still don't know everything. So we have to. No be aware of it a lot more because it is going to impact your child. And you know what you mentioned too, it, it, I think there's still a lot of people in our generation that are like, this is bullshit, emotional, sensitive stuff. Yeah. And I get that. Yeah. I want to be aware that there's people that think that, but we have to understand that we know that it's not, that there's research that shows that children who develop these emotion regulation skills and this emotional intelligence will thrive later on in the sense of lower cases of mental health issues, better relationships, better careers. You know, it's the school is, you know, easier for them because they can build better relationships and communicate their emotions and their needs and so on. It's not like a touchy-feely kind of thing. It's it's part of our intelligence. It's part of being able yeah. to communicate that. So, yeah. you know, I, I really do think that we- Which I think gets lost. I feel like does. emotional intelligence really, really gets lost in like the noise yeah. of everything. Yeah. And like, I mean, you just said something really curious that I wanted to maybe see if, if there was just a quick answer on there. I, but like, if you're setting up your kids for success in this way, do you find or have you seen like if if there is history of schizophrenia or mental illness in the family of the parents, have you seen any correlations of it bypassing the kid that is emotionally regulated? That's a good question. Because they've had good caregivers around? So, or is it just very genetic? It's genetic. And don't really know, you know, what's going to happen. It is, but. it is genetic. So I don't want to like, that, that part doesn't it's go away. <laughs> it's, that's another episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but total yeah. Of, it it yeah. is genetic, but I, I don't know of a research that looks specifically at these parents have, you know, schizophrenia or a mental health issue mm -mm -mm. and what happened, like following their kids for a couple of years. I don't know of that specific mm. study. That's actually really interesting. I might look it up. Um, but yeah, I just know that they looked at as a population, like large amounts of people. Got it. Let's who's regulated, um, who has emotion regulation skills, who doesn't, and then follow them for a while. But what you're saying is Got really it. interesting. I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, because no. I'm curious, no. you know, like some kids, you know, I have like a girl I just talked to who got diagnosed with bipolar one disorder, mm -hmm. but she was misdiagnosed her whole life. And she mm -hmm. said that, you know, there were signs when she was a little kid at like two or three that she might have 
these interesting windows of energy, but was put on pills or diagnosed Mm -hmm. wrong. And then finally in her 20s, it was diagnosed correctly. And I was like, okay, what an interesting concept of like Mm -hmm. the system and also what you're talking to of like just regulation and what the signs might be or like, Mm -hmm. that's why I was very curious about the other question. Like, where does the sign show signs of, (laughs) yeah, of like, let's take this to another person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Wow. What? I have goosebumps like this whole conversation. It was like I could keep asking. I have so many, so many questions. I'm sure people out there do too. But it is so great to meet you and talk to you. You're so well versed. And the way you've explained things was just like beautifully relayed to someone like myself. That's not in the sciences. Um, Wow. You guys give her a follow. Curious underscore neuron on Instagram. Your podcast is called Curious Neuron. Curious Same. Neuron. Yeah. And the website is curiousneuron.com. Curiousneuron.com. Dr. Cindy Huffington, everybody. Um, truly grateful for you. Wow. Um, any questions? I guess people can just find you on IG, troll your page. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think maybe also just to share one piece. So if a parent is listening and feels like okay, I need to get started. I don't know what to do. And I have a child who's having these big emotions. I don't even know yeah. enough about emotions to teach them. I also have an app uh, called Wondergrade. And <gasps> we have, if you go to wondergrade.com, um, you okay. could download, it's called, you click on printables. And every Friday you get like an activity pack for your child between the Signing ages of three right to now. eight. <laughs> and, but it's a good place right. to start. Every I've built these packs. So my business partner and I, she's the creative part of it. And I'm the science part of it. But basically think about like every Friday, just getting an activity pack where your child can like color and cut, but also learn about an emotion in a situation that's relative to them. So yeah, it's, they're really fun. (laughs) Wonder grade app, everybody. Wow. Thank you so much. I love that. I am signing up. I can't wait for everyone to hear this episode. And um, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, I learned a lot about myself during that conversation. I hope you did too. And if you want to know more, head over to her Instagram account, curious underscore neuron, or find her online at curiousneuron.com. And don't forget to download her app, Wondergrade. I did. It's amazing. It's super fun and cute and easy to follow. Plus, I mean, isn't it so nice to have a resource like this in our lives where you can just feel a little bit more empowered And not worry so much about the tantrums because now you maybe know a little bit more about your child's brain. Just saying. But thanks for being here with me again. Have an amazing week. Oh, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the podcast so you never miss an episode and you can be here with me every week. Thanks. You did it. I did it. (laughs) 